0: I'm Carly Kovac with Six City Marketing. Our CEO, John Salmon, and I had the pleasure of speaking with best-selling author of The Conversion Code, Chris Smith, just last month. He is a trusted entrepreneur and keynote speaker in the digital marketing and sales industry. Here's what he had to say to us. So thanks so much for being here today, Chris. Uh, just starting off, I know that being a bestselling author doesn't scratch the surface on the extensive background that you have in marketing and sales. Uh, can you tell your listeners, our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure, yeah. I have a pretty unique set of experiences. I ended up working for two different billionaires in a row calling leads from their boiler room. They're actually pretty well-known folks, a guy named Lou Pearlman, uh, who discovered NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, and also a guy named Dan Gilbert, who started Quicken Loans. So my first two jobs in sales were in their boiler rooms, and I just saw how there was an endless supply of leads coming in all the time. And then I, I ended up getting into the real estate industry, and I ended up working for a startup called Loop. We were acquired for over a hundred million dollars. I ended up working for another billion dollar company called move Inc. Uh, And they had a boiler room and dot loop had a boiler room. And so today I have my own company curator. I basically was just taking notes. You know, when you get to work for living legends and people that are at the top of their game, you know, you can pick up a ton of best practices. So I've done a ton of stuff in the boiler rooms of billionaires. I wrote the book on lead generation using social media, and now I run Curator. Where we are powering a thousand small businesses online right now.
0: Wow! So you know, I know that we, me and John, have both uh, read your book, and you know, you've had just such a variety of experience. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your book and your approach uh, to internet marketing tactics?
1: Yeah, you know, I speak all over the country, and and I would go and give a class on Facebook, or give a class on Twitter, or or give a class on you know landing pages and. And, and and there was such a thirst for that knowledge. You know, all of these tools are so new. And so, if you think about how do you turn a Facebook post into a customer? How, how do you turn an email message into an appointment? How do you write a status update in a way that it goes as viral as possible? So there there's so much out there on the technical stuff. If you go to blogs and you go to YouTube, but the, I, I couldn't find you know kind of the Bible on lead generation and lead conversion. There there were some great books out there on sales and there were some great books out there on marketing. But if those two departments are not working in unison, neither of them can do their job perfectly. So the book is about capturing internet leads, creating quality appointments from those leads and then closing those people over the phone when you speak to them.
2: I think, I think that's great, Chris. And like I said, the book really stood out among other internet marketing books that I've read. And I, and I think it's fascinating the, the details that you share and, and, and the extent that you went to uncover some of these strategies. I think just kind of a follow-up question to that that I have is that <clears throat> when you're out there speaking to groups, Mm -hmm. Do you find is more the marketers that you're talking Mm -hmm. to or the salespeople or a combination of both?
1: Yeah, it's funny. You know, it's a little bit of both. I think one thing that's important is you have to be something. It's hard to be everything. And so I just personally came from the sales background. So for me, like I would never fill a bucket that was leaking that that wouldn't make sense to me. And so for the people that are really great at marketing, if they suck at sales, their buckets leaky. And if you're only really good at sales, you don't have a full bucket. I think that for me, when I when I watch the audience, I think that the Facebook training plus the follow up scripts were, were the biggest game changer for people. People are already using Facebook and people are already talking on the phone. So I wanted to show them how to do that properly, not passively.
0: Kind of as a follow-up to that, um, you're saying that you know it's not just, either people are coming from one wheelhouse or the other, they're coming from the marketing background or the sales background usually. One thing that you talk about in the conversion code is building trust with internet leads. Um, what are your, some of your tactics in building that trust um, coming from both wheelhouses, marketing and sales?
1: Sure. Yeah, it's, it's it's critical. I mean, you know, as Zig Ziglar said, people uh, if people like you, they'll listen to you. But if they trust you, they'll buy from you. And and I also think just to the relationship of marketing and sales. You have to be respectful of each other. If marketers had to call leads, they would want to quit. And if salespeople had to run campaigns, there wouldn't be any leads. So it starts with just a fundamental respect for what the other division does. As far as building trust, the way that we have found, whether it's through marketing or sales, we use a two-step trust building technique. Step one is co-branding. And step two is a powerful stat. So a lot of people that you talk to they they sort of know about kind of call it the industry you're in but they don't know as much about your brand. So if you're going to build trust like obviously anybody with a with a, with a half a brain would say we're great, you know. We are the best, you know. Look at all the marketing campaigns. But the way we do it is we we put our brand next to a trusted brand. So in in real estate consumers love Zillow. So if I was gonna try to build trust with a consumer, I would say, hey, I wanted to let you know that we actually have 78 five-star reviews on Zillow, so that would be a co-brand, and we also sold 500 homes in the last two years. Quicken Loans, when I was doing mortgage calls, we would say, hey, we are the largest internet mortgage company in the world. And we have the name Quicken Loans because we're affiliated with QuickBooks and TurboTax. If you call Curator, I'm not going to say, hey, Curator's great. I'm going to say we are a Facebook advertising company who are helping businesses grow faster. So the idea is, you know, you used to have like I don't know if you guys remember. Every website used to have like Better Business Bureau, right? You know, yeah. BBB, and and now Yelp and Zillow and Facebook and 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 these places where people can leave reviews online. That is the new BBB. So if if I'm if I'm thinking about a company like yours you know, my co-brand would be, hey, and I don't know if this is true, but just, you know, we are a Facebook advertising partner and we are Google AdWords certified. And in the last 24 months, we have helped 89 businesses generate more than 100 leads per month. Like like you have to use third party validation plus powerful stats online, in marketing or on the phone.
2: That's Such an amazing answer and I have a quick follow-up question as a result of that Mm -hmm. in the book You really talk about how video is such an effective tool to utilize online and um, you know It's just becoming even more and more important and I'd love to get your thoughts on utilizing video online
1: Well first thing I would say to that is that Facebook is the internet and when Facebook decides to go all-in on something you really need to pay attention to that a few years ago, Facebook said, we're going all in on mobile. A few months ago, Facebook said, we're going all in on video. I don't know if you guys saw, they're even releasing original programming. So Facebook is the internet. And so when Facebook goes all in on something, I think everybody needs to be aware of that. But the power of video is simple. There's a a formula in my book that a scientist developed about how humans communicate. And if you look at human communication, 55% of human communication is actually body language. 38% of human communication is tone, and only 7% is words. So if you think about that simple formula of how humans understand each other, if I'm on your sales page, on your website, and the only thing I can read is words, I'm gonna apply my tone, and I'm not gonna see any physiology. But if somebody hits play on a video, they're getting all the ways that humans communicate in that video. They're getting the physiology, the tone and the words. So we call it lean back marketing. You know, so much of the marketing that people do, you have to kind of lean in and read your phone or lean in and read a website. But in a busy world where people have an eight second attention span online, when they can just hit that play button and lean back for a minute and a half, that is invaluable.
0: So uh, Chris, just to kind of follow up on that, I know you're talking about the invaluable um, and ever-growing presence of video um, Mm -hmm. in uh, social media and all communications efforts. I mean, there must be um, a ton of books that you've been reading or a ton of um, articles you've been reading about the newest innovations out there. What Mm -hmm. is your read or your article that you would recommend to listeners?
1: I, I, I'm gonna kind of play contrarian here, Carly. You don't need any more tutorials. You just have to start executing. Like I, I remember a guy, one of the guys I look up to, he started a company called Basecamp. His name is Jason Fried. He has a great book called Rework. And he said something I never forgot. He said, the sooner you start trying something, the sooner you'll get good at it. My first video sucked. My seventh video sucked. You know, we didn't always have professional cameras. We didn't always have professional lighting. But the people who execute win. So I'll give you a tip on video. The the reason people aren't as quick to do it, Carly, is because they're afraid of what they're going to look like and sound like. And I want to give them breaking news. You're going to look like that and sound like that when people meet you too. So just (laughs) get over it. But the the best practice that we found, because remember, we're coaching a thousand small business owners. And so we get that pushback when we try to push them into things they're uncomfortable with. My best practice for video is simple. Start using videos as a service tool one-to-one. Start sending little videos to one person you're already working with when they email you a question. Start putting together little videos that answer your most frequently asked questions from your clients so that you can kind of get your video kind of feet wet without the pressure that it has to get a lead. I think that one-to-one, customer service focused videos can be a great place to start. And I will give you a resource and a tool because one of my co-founders from one of my old blogs, he actually wrote an endorsement for the book. He works for a company called BombBomb. And BombBomb is literally a simple plugin that allows you to send and track one-to-one or mass video email. So if you wanna learn how to take great videos, what to say, when to send them, how to shoot them, what lighting, what equipment. Bomb Bomb has a great blog that they cover it all.
2: The irony of that, Chris, is this morning that I was sending an email to a client and to elaborate on something, I did a screencast where I had FaceTime in the corner and it had my video mm-hmm. as I was walking through uh, to further explain something. So it's just so funny how important that can be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't even think about about utilizing that way. Um, and people
1: love it. They, I mean, they love it. Like uh, one of our core values at our company is that talking is better than typing.
2: Sure. Sure. Just along that, you know, we're talking about video. You, when you ask this question to anybody who's doing marketing, internet marketing, you know, the trend question, you know, the, mm-hmm. the big upcoming trends, mm-hmm. everybody seems to have a different answer of the stuff that you have your hands in and, and the research that you're doing and the mm-hmm. things that you're learning. You know, what do you see as trends moving forward over the next few years that you should be focused on?
1: Well, I get nervous with that question because I think that a lot of people trip over nickels to pick up pennies. Sure. I I think that the most important trends for people to focus on for the next two years are the ones they've been doing wrong for the last two years. So I do love this stuff, guys. But ultimately, you know, Seth Godin has a great article called Bring Me Your Dead Stuff, right? like bring me all the stuff that people say is dead. The internet's dead, websites are dead, blogs are dead, email's dead, right? Email marketing has the highest ROI of any digital marketing for 10 years in a row. So if somebody comes to me and says, what's gonna be the next cool thing, I have to start with the last cool thing because nine times out of 10, they haven't gotten that right yet. Now I'll give you the real answer because I I wanna give you a real answer too. (laughs) The, 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 the trends that I think will help people market and sell better, one of the trends is certainly artificial intelligence. And I'll tell you how we're using that already. For our sales team, we use a technology called Chorus.ai and it, it plugs into like Zoom and GoToMeeting, and it records all of our sales guys' calls. It looks at how often they're asking questions. It looks at how much they're talking versus the prospect. You can also search all of the recordings by keyword. So you could basically say, hey, I, w- I wanna figure out why this rep is struggling when he talks about pricing. And it'll just pull a clip from all the times he said the word cost. Or how much does curator cost? And one of the trends that we found was, you know, when you're a new rep, you actually get nervous and talk more. When you're a seasoned rep, you understand that the whole key to getting someone to buy is to get them talking a lot. So we had a new rep who was at 9% talk time, meaning... 91% was him and 9% was them. Well, when I compared that to my top reps, they were at about 30% talk time from the other person. So if you can go to a new rep and say, hey, the guy over here making 20 grand a month, he's letting the client talk for 30% of the call. You're letting the client talk for 9% of the call. And then it just becomes so simple for that rep to make adjustments. So I love that stuff. That's voice, that's AI, that's big data i love it i also think that these chat bots especially through facebook messenger are going to be huge but this is where people are wrong the bots and the ai is not going to have the conversation for you that creates the customer but it might start the conversation for you so we look at all of the technology as an enabler of more conversations and so if a new trend comes out that will help us get on the phone with more people were interested, but but if an entire trend is like, let a robot talk to your leads, I'm out.
0: So uh, Chris, we're talking a lot about changing trends, the last cool thing, keeping up with things to switch directions a little bit uh, on the mm-hmm. questions. I have to ask, so I know that you worked with Fashion Rock, the company that discovered Backstreet Boys, and sing Britney Spears. Uh, can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about what it was like to work on these unique marketing and sales campaigns without social media.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that there was a boiler room that had an endless supply of leads before Facebook even existed, before Twitter, before social. And the the way that we generated leads back in the day was a couple different ways, partly through traditional advertising. So they would run radio ads all over the country that would talk about the event and have people call. So part of it was radio advertising. The other part of it, which I think you'll, you probably have seen even to this day is, uh, have you guys ever gone to a mall and you kind of walk by somebody and they're like, Hey, you should be a model or Hey, your kid's really cute. Have you ever thought about them being a model? They literally had people go to the malls to get people to complete a form saying they wanted those forms and call the leads.
2: Yeah, I actually have that happen way too often to me these days, Chris.
1: <laughs> well, so. yeah, I mean, I'm looking at your <laughs> picture, just, man. I I'm just why. kidding.
2: <laughs> I, do, I do remember that. It's kind Yeah, of like a, I got, a, I'm
1: a, not, you know, everyone me. thinks their own kids are cute, but I got a cute son, and, and, and he wears glasses, and, and he, he almost looks like the kid from Jerry Maguire. You know, he just looks like a little brainiac. And so there's been several times in the mall, you know, that people have stopped us and asked us that. But, yeah, it was, it was basically like American Idol before American Idol. And so, you know, I love that you guys asked that question because the difference between, I think, what we're doing and and what a lot of businesses are doing is something Gary Vaynerchuk said, which is like, we're just not romantic about where the business comes from. We don't want it to go back to the way it was. We want to get the most out of the way it is. And today, the mall and the radio is the internet.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, I think... I think that is all the questions that we have for you today, Chris. Actually, um, is there anything that you want to elaborate on to further get out to our listeners about your career and about your experience?
1: Yeah, I think I would just want people to remember that it, it it's more important to be good at sales than Snapchat. If you're wondering why your business isn't growing and you've been doing a lot of marketing and doing a lot of social media and doing a lot of lead generation, it's because the fortune is in the follow-up. It's because conversations create customers. And things like Snap and Insta and Facebook and YouTube and email Those are just helpful to have more conversations. So you kind of want to find that balance between, you know, Zig Ziglar and Mark Zuckerberg. You don't want to be just Ziglar, but you can't just be Zuck. You know, you, you can't just only use technology, but you also can't just not use technology and just be a people person anymore. I think that would be the message I would want your audience to remember.
2: That's great. That's great, Chris. Uh, I just wanted to add, you know, just kind of on the side that, you know, I I don't even remember how I stumbled upon the book, but when I was reading it, it was just it stood out ridiculously compared to some other internet marketing books that I've read in terms of how not only timely but just a different approach to you. You know, you're coming from the sales side and you're introducing a lot of those philosophies and strategies into the marketing side, and, and a lot of experiences that I've encountered. Mm-hmm. There is such a disconnect between those two departments to where it just really hurts the overall operation. And then seeing how you're taking those approaches, especially on the social media side mm-hmm. um, and the messaging and, the, and the, the approach and the philosophy to it. It's just it was just really, really influential to me personally. And I, I just I, I appreciate it. And um, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to come on with us today.
1: Yeah, no problem, man. I, I was excited to write it like I, I would add one more thing that, you know, when I do a seminar or, or, or whenever I meet people, their head starts to spin a little bit because they realize that they, they don't know what they don't know. And I know that could be frustrating. You know, I, t- I talk about this, all this social media and conversion code is sort of like learning a new language. And a lot of people are learning it later in life. Which it makes it even harder. So I, I think the key is that you basically have to just be excited about it. You you have to actually wanna do it. And you, you have to put more time into it. Like if I wanna learn another language, I gotta get Rosetta Stone. I gotta download Duolingo. I gotta put 30 minutes to an hour a day almost every day into that, but to make the people listening feel better, we're a digital marketing company. We hire a lot of millennials right out of college with marketing, advertising, and PR degrees. And none of them know how to do anything in that book. What what I'm teaching and what you guys are doing is not being taught in school, even if you take a marketing degree. So I basically was like, well, I'm just gonna write a textbook. And I genuinely, my goal is to turn the conversion code into the conversion course. I literally think that this should be a class. And when the millennials come in and learn this stuff, the light bulbs go off, just like if a baby boomer learns it. So I would just leave your audience with like, if your head's spinning, that's normal. The 23 year old's heads are spinning too.
0: To learn more about Chris Smith and his expertise, be sure to check out our lighthearted article about internet marketing rock stars on the Six City Marketing blog. Thanks for tuning in with Six City Marketing.